Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, called Run with Endurance. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, verse 3, who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Let's just pray. Father, thank you so much for a wonderful text to focus on this uh, Advent morning as this is the final Sunday before we celebrate Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And I want to thank you that you came, Lord, to save us. Uh, You came on a rescue mission. You did not leave us alone. You did not leave us as orphans. You came, entered into our pain, died in our stead, and rose to seal the victory. And thank you that you're at the right hand of the throne of God on high, interceding for your people today. You have a ministry to your people. Thank you for breath in our lungs. Thank you for a voice to be able to speak your praises. Thank you for all the blessings that we have around us, even though there's been many challenges this year, Lord, and some of us are saying, get 2020 over with, Lord. This is a world filled with challenges always. Every generation, as we're going to talk about, has faced its challenges. But the unique thing for the believer is that we face it by faith. We walk by faith. We live by faith. We conduct ourselves as seeing him who is unseen. Thank you for the beauty all around us, the majesty that testifies to your fingerprints all over this world and all over our lives. I pray you'd minister to us through your word, Lord, and each and every precious soul would be drawn to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. In his name I pray, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Well, there's a story I I read in the Holman commentary that I thought was fitting to open with, and here's what it says, and it's talking about building stamina for life's journey. For many years, Dr. Jeff Ray served as professor of preaching at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas. He taught into the 1940s when he was more than 80 years of age. Trouble and tragedy etched their influence on the life of Jeff Ray. Early in his adult life, his first wife died, leaving Dr. Ray to serve as mother and father to his children. His sorrow was compounded when one day in the 1930s he received the news that his beloved son had died. This calamity added to life's other burdens threatened to drive the vitality out of Jeff Ray. For a time, he quit teaching and preaching in area churches. 
Dejected and depressed, he was unable to develop interest in anything and was ready to say, I cannot go on. Mrs. L. R. Elliott, wife of the seminary librarian, sent her husband to visit Dr. Ray with a scrapbook filled with poems and articles which had encouraged her over the years. After Dr. Elliott's departure, the weary professor listlessly leafed through the pages of the scrapbook. A poem with the engaging title of I Won't Let Go caught his attention. Realizing that he had been wanting to do just that, Dr. Ray read these words. They're anonymous, but they speak. I want to let go, but I won't let go. There are battles to fight by day and by night. For God and the right, and I'll never let go. I want to let go, but I won't let go. I'm sick, tis true, worried and blue, and worn through and through, but I won't let go. I want to let go, but I won't let go. I will never yield. What? Lie down on the field? And surrender my shield? No, I'll never let go. I want to let go, but I won't let go. May this be my song, mid legions of wrong. Oh God, keep me strong, that I may never let go. Eleven chapters of the book of Hebrews has unfolded, and I wish I could do justice to give you the you know, the uh, summary of the book, but one of the main themes of the book is the majesty and superiority of Jesus in the new covenant to everything else. And if you're familiar with the book of Hebrews, you know that Hebrews 11 has been called the great hall of faith. You could be, uh, you could use the idea of that hall of fame of characters of the Bible, especially those of the Old Testament. The writer of Hebrews is trying to encourage a broken and tired church amidst the a world of much tribulation and persecution and saying to them, you can go on, you can endure, you can make it. And as he chronicles these lives in the great hall of faith, they are names that we would recognize. They are names like Abel and Noah and Enoch and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and David and many more that I could mention. And they are, they give a picture of a stadium. This is a, a sports analogy and we're not sure who the author of Hebrews is. Some people think it's Paul. Paul loves sports metaphors and I totally resonate with sports metaphors because I am a sports guy. And one of the things that often is used in the scriptures is the idea of a foot race, but it's not just a quick like 100 yard dash. It's the idea of a marathon. And the Christian life is a life that is compared to a marathon. And the imagery may be painted this way. It's the last leg of the 26.2 miles of that marathon. That distance is incredible to me. I've done a little bit of long distance running, but I have to tell you, nowhere ever near uh, 26.2 miles. Uh, These days, I'm grateful if I can do a 5K and that walking. Can I get a witness? Anybody else out there? I feel good about myself. If I spent 45 minutes on the treadmill and conquered that thing, right? Even though you go nowhere, what's up with the treadmill? But anyway, but this scene is a stadium scene, a filled stadium where the runners are running in the last leg and you could see the agony on their faces. Ever watch one of those long, how many of you do a little bit of long distance running? Anybody do, anybody do cross country in high school? I pray for you, I I know, but anyway, but you know that that last leg, it's like sometimes you, 
you have passed through thresholds and you're doing okay, but sometimes you see that runner and they're just agonizing. And especially if someone's about to overtake them, you could see the pain. And sometimes people just collapse after the finish line. Their bodies begin to convulse. It is a lot to deal with a long distance run. But in this stadium is a bunch of people who have already run the race. And they're pictured as... Uh, seated in the stands, cheering on the runners. The runners are the readers of Hebrews. And that would include this early church, but it would also include us because we're running the race now. This is our time. The baton has been handed to us. And the question is, will you quit? Any of you who have ever done any kind of sports training know that endurance is built up over time. You have to pass through thresholds. You have to get stronger and stronger, little by little. And that's how the Christian life is. It's It's compared really to building endurance in athletics. And it doesn't come overnight, and it doesn't happen by accident. There has to be intent. You have to decide to wake up and work out when everybody else is sleeping. You have to to decide, as uh, was it Arnold Schwarzenegger used to say, no pain, no gain. And that is actually true in our Christian life. Pain is one of the things that God uses to build our endurance. Now, it's not fun. And I I remember uh, when I was in my 20s, I was doing, you know, some, some running, not long distance running. But I remember I got stronger and stronger over time. And I used to run this little route back in the city of Orange, and it was up a hill and down a hill. And I got stronger and stronger. And where it used to be like a mile was killing me, now after the first mile, I felt pretty good. And have you ever been there before where you're training and you pass a threshold and everything in you wants to quit and shut it down. Your, your mind and your body are saying, what are you doing? You eat Twinkies every morning. You don't do this kind of thing. Are Twinkies even, do they exist anymore? Anyway, they do? Okay. But, but you have to deny that. You have to reject that. You have to say, no, be quiet. I'm going to keep going. And you notice that you pass a threshold and then all of a sudden you get endurance. You're able to dig deep and you're able to keep going. Well, this is the analogy. This is the metaphor, the example that we are given in this particular text. Three verses with the word therefore, taking us back to the, uh, probably primarily to Hebrews chapter 11, because it says since, Hebrews 12, 1, therefore since we have So great a cloud of witnesses. Now, this is the people in the stadium, and they are surrounding us. We have a great cloud of witnesses. If you're taking notes, I've got about five points. Number one, there there is an idea to consider the cloud of witnesses. You say, what does the cloud mean here? Well, the cloud is a Greek word, nephos, and it means a throng or a large, dense multitude. It's a big crowd. It's Just a way of saying a big crowd. It's a cloud, and it's a cloud of witnesses, and they are surrounding us. And I put in my notes, we are not alone. Others have gone before us. More will run after us should the Lord tarry. This is not just your solo race. And sometimes the devil tries to convince us that we are all alone. We're the only ones who have ever had to go through this agony, this suffering, this pain, these trials but we are not alone. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. If you are a longtime listener to Walk in Truth, we could use your help. We are excited to announce we have the opportunity to broadcast on a new radio station, an opportunity that will help this ministry reach more people like you in Oahu, Hawaii. Our mission with Pastor Michael's teachings is to equip listeners with God's Word in a way that helps them address today's issues, trends, and culture. But before we say yes to this opportunity, we could use your help. The price to broadcast on this radio station daily is $2,491 a month. Can you partner with us to reach people in Hawaii? Would you become a Walk in Truth partner today? Your financial commitment of at least $20 a month would help us reach this goal. We have until the end of September to raise these funds. If you become one of the 125 new partners, you'll be part of the team bringing God's truth to more people. That means four people would have to make a commitment each day until the end of September. Would you be one of the four now? Please begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. Just a way of saying a big crowd. It's a cloud, and it's a cloud of witnesses, and they are surrounding us. And I put in my notes, we are not alone. Others have gone before us. More will run after us should the Lord tarry. This is not just your solo race. And sometimes the devil tries to convince us that we are all alone. We're the only ones who have ever had to go through this agony, this suffering, this pain, these trials. But we are not alone. Some of the great hymns of the church were inspired by many uh, days of broken lives. And, you know, even the idea that his eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches me was written from the pen of people who had gone through much suffering. And that's the Christian life. The Christian life is not easy. Jesus blazed the trail. We'll talk about his example in a moment. But we have a vast crowd, a vast cloud of witnesses. And they are those who are, appear in our Bible, and we need to read our Bible so we know we're not alone. But they're also those who have appeared after the canon was closed at the end of the first century. There are people like Augustine and Jerome, and you could go down through history and talk about Spurgeon and Luther, and uh, you could talk about people that maybe never made it into any kind of record books, but were prayer warriors, and certain regions had revivals because they prayed. And some of you had a praying grandma or grandpa, or you had someone in your life who led you simply to faith in Jesus Christ. And they are one of those witnesses. And I would ask you, and I ask myself this question. What kind of witness am I leaving? Should the Lord tarry, and should I live my life and die, then what will they say of me? Who did I influence? How did I run so that others could say, I can run too? I can make it through. That's something you need to consider because you're not just running for yourself. Sometimes we get this mindset that it's just all about our little world, but it's really not. And so the sports stadium is the scene, the final leg of the marathon, the runners running hard, trying to finish. In the stadium, all former gold medal winners. 
They all ran the race and finished the race and heard, well done, good and faithful servant. And they, if, if you can picture their faces for a second, maybe as you're running on the racetrack, you could look up and there's Abraham saying, keep going. Or Sarah saying, you can make it. I was barren for a long time. God's in the miracle business. And Moses, hang on. Because I sacrificed a little bit in Egypt to gain everything. And yes, I was afraid. And yes, I made some excuses to God. I said, God, I can't speak. I don't have, I'm not eloquent. And God said, who made the tongue? You run your race and you have a race to run. And all in this stadium is people who made it. They're notable witnesses and they're motivating us. I suppose if I were up here and a uh, preacher who I respect or someone that I have leaned on their commentaries over the years walked in to this building, maybe my preaching would shift a little bit. Maybe I'd try to be a little bit more articulate. Maybe I'd try to be a little bit more, you know, into the original languages. You know, there's a motivation when there's a witness. For some of you, you can remember the days when your dad came to your ball game. And I'm sorry for all my illustrations being guy-oriented ladies. I apologize. Maybe, I don't know, uh, some of you ladies did play sports. But, but, you know, it might be that you're peeking into the crowd and if dad showed up for the game, you're a little bit more motivated to play well. Uh, for those of you who are golfers, imagine that you had three golfers in your group and a fourth showed up and it was Rory McIlroy, let's say. For those of you who know who that is, he's a really good, famous golfer. Would you try a little bit harder with your golf swing? Would you try to look a little bit more like you knew what you were doing? Would you ramp up your game? Well, that's the idea of Hebrews chapter 12. It's the idea that witnesses are here and they are watching. And in this case, they are not live witnesses. They've lived and died, but their lifetime is a witness that still speaks. Take a peek at Hebrews 11. Look at verse 4. And uh, let's just remind ourselves what faith is. Faith, all the way back to verse 1, Hebrews 11, is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And by it, by faith, men of old gained approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Notice the first person. By faith, Abel, now very early in the book of Genesis, offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts, and through faith, though he is dead, what's his life do? He still speaks. Now, commentators are quick to point out that we don't really know if witnesses in heaven like an Abel or a Noah or an Enoch are watching the current church. There's not really evidence of that. But their life stands as a witness, a motivating witness. If you have someone in your life who influenced you and they have lived and died, maybe it's a grandpa, maybe it's a mentor, maybe it's a grandmother, an aunt or an uncle, and they lived and died, but you remember their example. You remember what they did. You remember the things that they told you. That's the idea here of the witnesses. 
Their lives have been lived. They ran well. And they ran not without bumps, right? We've studied the life of Abraham and Moses and uh, you know Isaac and Jacob. And if you've read the stories of the family of God, the 12 patriarchs, it wasn't pretty. Amen? There were bumps and bruises and things in the Old Testament stories that sometimes you're like, man, this should be on Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer around anymore? I don't even know. Hopefully he's off the air. Anyway, but just this ridiculous infighting and drama and sin. And you sometimes say, God, that was your main family for the Messiah? Have you read through Matthew chapter 1 and seen the genealogy of Jesus? It's filled with a bunch of imperfect people. You know why? Because people are imperfect. Yes, it's true. All the runners in the race that are now in the stands were sinners just like you and me. Normal, everyday people called by God who had their bumps and bruises but still made it. And the focus is not on their mistakes. Thank God the focus is on their faith. You've been listening to Run With Endurance, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 3. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. And would you please tell a friend about Walk in Truth? We hope today's teaching will be a blessing and uplifting to someone you care about. Please encourage a friend or family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station. If you're listening through your podcast app, please click the share button. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with the final word. Well, maybe you would say, you know what? I really want to run with endurance. And the people that have made me tired are, wait for it, Christians. <laughs> oh, it shouldn't be that way. But sometimes, you know, the, the they say the church is a hospital for sinners and everybody should feel welcome. And then I run into some people who have the holier-than-thou attitude. What do I do then? Man, it makes me want to wave the white flag and leave the track. Hey, we get it. Sometimes the, the most difficult challenges in the Christian life are difficult Christians. What do you do then? Should you give up? Imagine you were on the racetrack and you were running next to someone who kept talking and they were annoying you. But you had trained for this race your whole life. Would you give up just because they were talking? Would you give up just because they were annoying? Would you give up just because they were distracting? I don't think you would. Because you've given everything to run this race with endurance, to finish well. Yes, it can be a pain. Frankly, sometimes it's hard to understand why Christians can be difficult. But don't let it bring you down. Because you know what? I've met so many more incredible believers. And while we could be, you know, pessimistic and negative about hypocrites in the church. I have met so many incredible people and all they've tried to do in my life is cheer me on to the finish line. And so I think if we have a positive perspective about the good people in our lives, the difference that the church does make, the incredible sacrifice that so many believers make in serving one another. Well, I'll tell you, when I start thinking about those thoughts and those faces, the difficult people quickly fade away and they drop back in the race 
and I keep my eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. Amen and amen. This is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. Hey, if you're feeling a little bit fatigued in the race, we have a phone number where you can call our team of pastors. It's 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Hey, if you call in during the normal business hours, Tuesday through Friday, about 9 to 4 Pacific time, and ask for a pastor to pray with, or maybe you've got a question about the faith or you know, something that you need some help with. Maybe you just need a listening ear and you're just tired and you need some prayer. Call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd be happy to talk with you, encourage you, pray with you. 844-48-TRUTH. This is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. Remember, you can always visit the website to find out more about us, walkintruth.com. And we'll see you right here for part two of Run with Endurance. Just a reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast to reach more people like you with the hope of Jesus. And now we offer the Walk in Truth app as a thank you for your donation. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3, called Run with Endurance. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.